Trigger warning. Due to his constrained English vocabulary, Martin often leans on crude language and swearing to make his point. I blame it on his northern heritage and lack of creativity. Matt is also a bit rough. You are here by caution. Yes, and again, welcome to this episode of the Friday Physio Confession Podcast. The Friday Physio Confession Podcast. Yeah, I hit that. I did that right. And uh, Matt is still MIA, but I am so very pleased and excited to introduce uh, my next guest. And this is a person I've known for quite a while, I'll say. Yeah, quite a while, here or so. And um, it's a special person for me in many ways, uh, mostly because uh, it's one of the few people I actually trust, I think. Yeah. And it's the great Joe Turner that is a coach. And not a couch, as I wrote to her on WhatsApp, but she's <laughs> a coach. And she runs her own uh, coaching business and a coaching community called uh, Mehab. And her own podcast, which I've been lucky to visit a couple of times. It's a tree. And uh, very happy to have you on, Joe. Very happy to be here. Thank well, you, Martin. Yeah, we'll see. You can't <laughs> trust me. I was a cough while he did that introduction. I think it's gone now. <laughs> when you started talking, I was like, oh, I've got a cough. But it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We, we had uh, we did an episode when uh, when Matt was really, really sick and he was coughing. I think it was COVID or something. And he, <laughs> he would mute his mic every two minutes and just... <laughs> goes. So it's okay. Everything goes. Just cough away. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And... Uh, I ask you to uh, ask you to come on and talk about coaching and maybe help us understand a bit around what you do. And I ask you to uh, maybe talk a bit about what the most common themes and things you see are. So, uh, but uh, for anyone that doesn't know you yet, they mm -hmm. should. But uh, give a quick intro of yourself as well. Yeah. Sure. Who are you? Tell us your life Who story. Who am I? Now that I'm not going to cough through it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, Martin's absolutely right. I am a coach, not a couch. Um, and I'm also a physiotherapist of, I started saying 25 years when I started doing these kind of verbal bios, but I think it's now 27 years, physio of 27 years. I am still practicing, don't do an awful lot of clinical work, but I co-own a couple of clinics in Gloucestershire in the UK. Um, and I started coaching just before the pandemic, I trained in 2019, didn't really know what I was going to do with it. It was a bit of a, a way to distract myself um, at a point where I was at a bit of a crossroads physio-wise. found I loved the idea of coaching, um, but wanted to, I had no wish to leave physiotherapy. And so 
I started um, coaching clinicians and that's almost exclusively my um, coaching community. Sometimes I coach um, spouses and friends of clinicians, but um, mostly yeah. it's my work is with clinicians. You, you just knew, you discovered how really messed up we are and thought this is a gold mine. Yeah, yeah. fantastic target market. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, if I did, yeah. Martin, it was a reflection on um, you know my own ups and downs, <laughs> just assuming <laughs> that other people probably went through the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, uh, you also also um, run this community called Mehab. Yes. You want to share some uh, some info from that as well? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So the community um, is very cleverly called Me Hub. See what I did there. Yeah, um, and <laughs> it's uh, based around a Facebook group and also the podcast, which you mentioned, um, and that's called You Matter. And the idea behind both those things is it's a place to talk about mostly stuff outside the clinic room actually that goes on for clinicians occasionally what we talk about does relate to to clinical work as well but um i wanted to create a space that was that felt safe um that it was okay to express things that perhaps weren't always the accepted conversation um, amongst clinicians um and to get away from small talk not that I have any objection to that in normal life but you know I think we spend so much time making people feel comfortable and being a safe place for people uh and I think sometimes it's nice to feel there's a safe place for us um, yeah. where we don't have to be nice and acceptable all the time yeah yeah it's a good idea I, I'm, I'm part of the Facebook group aren't I yeah I am yeah and <laughs> I believe yeah, and I try to to uh, dip into you do you have done uh, these past few weeks or some some short broadcasts talking about different issues, and I'm trying to dip in when I when I could, and so it's so it's nice to check those things out, I guess. But, yeah, it's definitely a place yeah. where you don't have to be a super contributor, and I'm actually very happy to have people just sitting observing listening thinking if it, if it generates thought um as much as conversation then i'm happy with that yeah what i find quite interesting here uh, with 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 the group with the, is that you got of course you got periods of you got some some people that are are interacting on more than other people of course mm. you got that but what i find particularly interesting in your group is that it's never the same people there seemed to be a shift around four or five and then it's another four or five and mm. then another four or five so it's in a in a very peculiar way you get through the whole group by uh, in some some form yeah yeah and that's great isn't it um yeah and i i don't i haven't particularly designed it to be that way but i guess what we do is roll between different topics and they, you know they're very they're topics that I sort of assume are relevant to clinicians, but I don't assume they are ever relevant to all clinicians. Um, and I guess what we're doing is just, it, it's subtle enough that it really resonates with some people and then they'll come in and contribute. And then, as you say, they'll sort of move into the background when we're talking about something which isn't quite so specific to them. Um, yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't particularly noticed that myself, but it's a lovely observation and something I'm really pleased about, actually. 
it's a good uh, I think it's good because usually when you see uh, big Facebook communities and groups there are certain individuals that would take the lead all yeah. the time but uh, yeah. yeah I haven't noticed there's like every week I, I dip into the group I see comments from a name I haven't seen before and that's great mm. but yeah the thing I wanted to talk to you about, Joe, being in the position that you're in, is that you're coaching clinicians, you're coaching healthcare professionals, and we are messed up. But <laughs> what what are the common themes that you you see through your through your coaching? What what are our struggles? Are we maniacs or the whole bunch? <laughs> or what, what's what's the deal? The common way is that the clinicians are messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, firstly, I need to qualify that and go, yes, we are messed up like all humans. Um, and yeah. we are beautifully typical of, of the human race, I think. Um, there are obviously a huge variety of things that people bring. And some of them wouldn't be appropriate to mention because they're very specific. Um, of course. And probably the people would even recognize themselves if I described them. But I would say the two absolutely most common scenarios that people bring me are um, I'm at some kind of career transition um, either yeah. there's an opportunity in front of me and I don't know whether to take it or not or I'm not happy and I can't but I can't yet see any way out or any alternative or some variation of that career transition conversation and the other big one is I'm just having doubts about my capabilities um, self-doubt imposter syndrome whatever you want to call it um, and they're probably coming to me at the point where that feels like it's gone beyond what they consider to be normal or uh, sustainable. Those are probably yeah. the two big headline topics, if you like. Yeah. So transitions. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can transitions only, and doubt. Yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about the Norwegian name to to. Uh, we have, have a nice uh, term that called. Umweltning, and it's <laughs> umweltning, and it's uh, directly uh, translated as uh, just uh, re refalling. Refalling. Yeah, and that, that so, you, yeah. you tumble stuff around. That's so. Yeah, but I can't find the English equivalent. Yeah, so that in, the be, Yeah, would it be throwing everything up in the air and seeing where it falls? Yeah, yeah. This, it, it could be a big umweltning. Like, it's <laughs> like, a great word. Yeah, it is. But I, so I, I, I couldn't, I can't remember any English uh, phrase for it. But so changing, big changes in in career and work wise and stuff, and just the feeling of not, yeah, being good enough. Yeah, that's the two manual. Yeah. Uh, what's usually your your go-to? What do you say to these people? Um, good question. And <laughs> probably won't surprise you to know that there is no stock answer. So I think the worst way I could answer that question is to give you five bullet points for career transition and five bullet points for um, not feeling good enough. Because the point is, although those two headlines come up, everybody's version of those particular scenarios is completely personal. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm not some 
all-seeing wise woman who knows the solution to anybody's problem um, but the beautiful thing about coaching is that it gives you time and space to be able to work out um, as, as a coachee to be able to work out first of all exactly what it is you are thinking and feeling um, and that takes a bit of time you're really digging into um if we, you know, if we take the career transition, really digging into, do you even want to change? What is it you want to change towards? What are you telling yourself about this current situation? What are you telling yourself about the opportunities available? What does that mean about you? Does this reflect patterns of behavior? Are you falling into old patterns? Could you behave differently? Could you believe something differently? You know, there's lots and lots and lots of questioning that really helps you to tease out, first of all, the individual version of the problem. And then exactly the same process when you're looking at solutions. I, uh, I'm also not such a perfect coach that I don't have opinions and feelings and thoughts and inklings as to what might be good for that person. Yeah. But if I'm being a good coach, I keep all those at bay um, and I keep asking questions to try and help that person uncover what, what is right for them now. So you know, even the best solution may not be the best long-term solution, but you're trying to work out what is the best for them in this moment now and, and what is the best next step. Um, but the worst thing is for me to to buy too much into my own assumptions and opinions uh, and layer that on so that you know, it's not a mentoring session where I offer yeah. my wisdom, the person runs with it and everything is wonderful, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> so, so it's basically just a, a, a hard game of you battling yourself for not <laughs> trying not to speak out and just say, for fuck's sake, <laughs> listen to yourself now. This is, this is the solution to try to work around that. And uh, uh, and you do, you do it beautiful. I can I could say that uh, I contacted you uh, another time to ask you to give me coaching. Mm. lessons because i uh i struggle with uh a lot of stress around uh well it felt overwhelming you know i'm starting my master thesis and 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 stuff and i asked you to maybe give me some uh coaching lessons and uh you're really good at uh winning uh that battle of not saying the word doing the worst you can do as a coach and just giving a solution but uh you have played me against myself a few times. <laughs> what, so what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and um, just spinning spinning around the, the open questions and and, uh, and uh, listening and, and uh, remodeling, as you say, mm. by asking questions. And then that's quite an interesting thing to experience. Actually, how how do you when we first started working together? Did you find that, um, or how did you find that as an experience? Oh, relieving! Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, after each session we have, I'm just like, oh, that's good. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Mm -hmm. I find that. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I'm more relaxed. It's like. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a some sort of vent without me venting. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, I find it quite quite relaxing actually. 
And do you find the process of getting there relaxing as well? Oh, no. You you ask very very tough and and uh, complicated questions, but but uh, so the the process in itself can be you know a little bit frustrating because you're you're really asking people to think rather than just uh, be yeah uh, rather than just be emotional if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You know, mm. why, what is this emotion you're feeling? What is it exactly? How do you think about it? What does it mean to you? And, and everything. So, you, so you're asking us to stop and just listen to yourself. What, what is it exactly? What do you picture when you, when you think this? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's quite, that's quite hard, difficult and hard to do. Yeah. So, so, but it's not like, exhausting it's not i'm always relaxed but for a you know and i'm not i'm not tapped for energy afterwards Mm. rather rather uh the opposite but but to call it easy or or relaxing uh, i don't Mm. know yeah yeah you Mm. you, do you understand where i'm going yeah. yeah totally and i think um anyway i've i've experienced a lot of being coached myself and one of the most annoying but effective things is having your own stock phrases thrown back at you so I think we we throw out an awful lot of phrases in life that we have learned work for us um kind of keep people off our backs and and let people think we're okay and uh and you know perhaps a lot of the time we are but there's something quite um interesting shall we say and challenging about having your own the the phrases that are normally accepted without question thrown back at you as to what do you actually mean by that and then you have to pick it apart and realize what's behind it yeah Um, and from a from the point of view of being a coach I think this is really relevant as a clinician I find it really helpful in my clinical world as well you're it's going to sound a bit out there but you're effectively stretching time um, when you question like this so it's so tempting isn't it to to see the fix see the solution and get to it as quickly as possible um, and yet so much more helpful sometimes to go well let's just stay here a little bit longer shall we um, work out if we're even asked even asking the right question in the first place um, yeah. let's not accept the first solution let's just meander around a little bit and maybe that first solution was right but let's just check a few other things out as well yeah. and do you know what i mean by this idea of almost opening up time um, yeah and being there a little bit longer yeah just uh, yeah i think I, I i don't think i could i could uh, rephrase it uh, but i know when you describe it i know the f- how it feels All right mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm struggling to rephrase in my words what you just said, but but I I, I feel like I can I f- that's what I feel when we're in coaching setting. But another thing you said uh, you said this about oh, phrases just being thrown around, and uh, I know one phrase I use that you particularly don't let me get away with, and, and it's quite funny because I uh, sometimes I say it is what it is. Mm. And not once have you let me get <laughs> get away from that. 
and uh, it's, it's quite it's quite good. And but, how often do we use that in yeah. everyday language? It is what it is, and there's so yeah. much weight behind that. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> single one. Is it? So, but how do you find usually that uh, when you ask for feedback from 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 clients and 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 people you talk to, what? What do you? What are the feedbacks? What are the? Uh, what are the? Um, yeah, the usual reactions mm. for people. It's a good point. Again, it it varies. Um, there's huge variation in the feedback. Um, I get lots of feedback around how nice it is to be heard and mm. to have the space to be listened to rather than to be listening to somebody else. Um, I often, I often get feedback that people have enjoyed being asked to look at things differently. Um, and very often actually that the process wasn't what they expected. Um, and I should probably dig into that a little bit more, you know, as to what, what they expected and how it was different. Um, what else? It is also interesting the variation in in transformation. That's the coaching word. Um, I perhaps would use the word shift. So I can't often tell <laughs> at the start how much someone is going to shift um, through coaching, and I've I was probably more worried about that when I first started because there's. Yeah. There, there's um, transformation is talked about hugely in coaching language. And by the way, a lot of coaching language leaves me a little bit cold. But um, there's almost like this expectation of a shift, and within that, an expectation of how much shift there's going to be. And that is so personal as well. A small, yeah. a small shift in a very particular area for one person could have life-changing impacts more so, in fact, than somebody else who appears to have changed lots of things in their life but perhaps hasn't shifted thinking. Um, yeah. And I, I think what I'm learning as I become a better coach is to understand um, that it doesn't matter the extent of the shift and it also doesn't matter what the pace of change is. Um, and if I try and if I try and force, particularly if I try and speed change up, that doesn't go well. Equally, if I try and hold someone back when they're really ready to go, then that's not helpful either. So there's a lot, I think, just about reading you know, how ready is this person um, and is there any is there any difference between what they're telling me about how ready they are and how they're actually being in a coaching session, how they are between sessions and what's changing. So just learning to read a lot more beyond the words. Um, yeah. And look the actions and the body language and that the actions that take place between sessions yeah so just a, a more broader and relaxed horizon it yeah. reminds me very much about the well the clinical and the clinical journey we all do at the start with just what are the results yeah. how can we measure it you know did it work did did ever and and, and slowly uh changing into the the idea that well the effect might not be what we see it could be small but it could mean much it could be big and mean little and yeah, yeah. and everything in between and and we i think that's the journey of self 
undertaken as a, a, a clinician, you know, mm. that the that this stuff, this measurable stuff, is maybe less important over time than than the yeah. journey and itself. A, yeah, as a physio or a coach, I think we have to be humble enough to realise that we are sometimes just a small part of the process. Um, yeah. Maybe a very significant part that we will never see the results of or even understand ourselves, but we don't. We don't have to be the whole process for everybody all the time. No, exactly that. Yeah, and I think that's something that sticks deep into when you are newly qualified physio. That mm. whole idea is that you are the one that's gonna fix this issue and this problem, and and not realizing that we're just a maybe we are a bit, just a piece of the puzzle. Mm. That, may or not be finished yeah yeah and, and that uh, speaks a lot to the self-doubt doesn't it i mean if you if yeah. you're laboring under the belief that the only measure of success is for you to um be the start the middle and the end of everybody's problem yeah. there is no option other than to fail <laughs> repeatedly yeah, exactly <laughs> and, and and speaking of the second theme that you see uh among your clients that the, the imposter syndrome or the feeling of not being good enough is that something you recognize in many people that that the 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 uh, the want to being the start middle and yeah yeah i recognize it in myself as much as anybody um yeah. how how enticing is it to be everybody's solution everybody's golden bullet um yeah, that's incredibly enticing to people who have gone into caring professions, who have probably um, achieved quite a lot of the milestones put before them in life. I mean, people who are used to uh, not quitting on things, um, achieving what they set out to do. Um, yeah, how how enticing. But again, I use the word humility, which, believe me, is, is an ongoing lesson for me. Um, and I think... I think humility actually is such a powerful thing. It's it's a word yeah. that can often be um, interpreted as weak or subservient, but actually to me, humility, to be able to be comfortably humble is one of the most yeah. powerful decisions to take. Yeah, completely agree on that. I, I, I talked yesterday with um, Matt Huey, so mm. uh, American uh, physical therapist, as they say there, and uh, he's the. I don't know if you've been on Instagram. He's quite big, almost no. like 13,000 13, followers there, and makes yeah. reels of you know out of context stuff we often see. And uh, we discussed uh, a little bit about confidence, and I said that in in my journey, I'm now less confident in my own ability to diagnose or be certain on anything like that. But I am much more confident in s telling myself or knowing this is not something I'm capable of dealing with. And this, this may be something else and I'm confident on sending them along. So wow. for me, that's what you're talking about now. The, the humility that admi admitting my shortcomings right i'm confident in my shortcomings yeah and, and to me that is being yeah humble yeah probably and yeah. You, you said confident in your shortcomings and, and comfortable with them as well accepting yeah. Of them yeah yeah that's just and, uh, 
and also accepting that there will still be a part of us that loves to to win and be the solution and oh, forgiving yeah, ourselves. God. <laughs> That's the greatest one, isn't it? When you get feedback from a, a client, patient, just not, yeah, what you said and what you helped me with is just changed everything. And you mm. just, yeah, feel like a million, million bucks right there. And, and, uh, but those are rare, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, live for those, you're, you're going to feel hungry. <laughs> yeah. That is a life lesson. But actually, something I, I just uh, thought of now is that I also run a Facebook group, the quality, uh, mm. always forget the name, uh, <laughs> the Society of Average Visuals and Failures. Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, th this is a good topic, actually, uh, around our discussion here. And uh, this person wrote, over the last few months, I've been feeling increasingly like I'm going through the motions at work, just hoping mm -hmm. to through my outpatient list. I've tried all of the classics, occasionally turning up to work with a positive <laughs> attitude, telling myself to stop being so shit, telling myself they are all people and therefore important. But I really feel I've lost my mojo. I've handed in my notice and I'm off traveling in my camper van. Has anyone else experienced anything similar? Have they refound their mojo? I've worked in the NHS, quit, found pain management, hard, outpatient, an endless list. I worked in sport, loved it, but unsociable hours and poorly paid went to private practice but find it is isolating and hard that i'm tired of being purely clinical but not motivated enough to pursue further training mm. you sound tired yeah and uh for me that post was about you know losing motivation losing the mojo lo losing the, the drive to to really accept because face it we we see a lot of tough stuff and we experience a lot of heavy issues so the question about i'm feeling like i'm lost my mojo will i ever get it back right and so the the comments from including myself is that yeah We've lost the mojo when we got it back and we lost it again and we got it back and it's just uh, a change in, in time. And uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah. the best uh, comment was, yep, I've been there. In the end, I did a post-grad dip in veterinary physio. Now I get to play with dogs all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dogs dogs and puppies are always the answer. That's that's a definite <laughs> um yeah i wonder what we mean or whether we collectively understand what our mojo even is you know what what does yeah. that mean does that mean when we've got our mojo does that mean we're happy does it mean the patient is happy does it mean we get everybody better does it mean we feel successful um does it mean we've got the right balance between work and home life you know, I'm throwing yeah. these questions out knowing that everybody's answer would be different. But, um, I mean, I, obviously it's not fair to coach that person by proxy when they're not here. But one thing in the early sentences that I did think was it sounds like there is a very healthy inner critic at play there. Um, they made comments about 
than being shit and um, telling myself that these are all people and basically they deserve better from me. Uh, you know, there's very little self-compassion there. Um, and, you know, it sounds like they've made a, a good decision for themselves if they enjoy being away in their camper van. And, you know, I say they sound tired. And, and so maybe yeah. this is a, at the moment exactly what they need to go and um, to go and replenish some energy. But I also hope it's not a I was shit, so I had to leave. And that was the only solution because it's all about me. Um, yeah. All about me yeah, yeah. wrong as opposed to I actually did my very best in a lot of very difficult jobs and scenarios and you know whichever scenario I put myself in it was still quite tough because you say there's it's a it's a tough profession um it's a cliched phrase but you know in all those scenarios I did the best I could with the resources I had available in each situation um, but but the language at the start sounded a little bit like in every situation I fell short, which is incredibly sad and, you know, not surprising. And that is something I hear an awful lot that clinicians, even if objectively they can reflect that the systems they're in and the circumstances they're in are difficult, they still make the problem themselves. And for anyone of you still listening, this is, uh, this is a brilliant example of what uh, Joe earlier said. Uh, by stretch meaning by stretching time and what 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 are the you know you got four different scenarios there and four different interpret interpretation and it was a, this your your monologue right now was a brilliant example of how a coach actually works <laughs> that was quite good thanks yeah yeah okay. <laughs> but that when well, listening now that is the feeling I, when you talk about stretching time just mm. what, what, open what, it up yeah open it up but where are we mm. now and uh so that's a very good example and that is uh if you ever do coaching with door this is what you will experience subjected to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is what i'm going through once a month <laughs> god damn it no, no that, that was also a brilliant example of how we can uh what can we read from others what what are we really saying you know what? Um, what do you mean by the mojo? What do you like? Wh where? What's? What's the issue here? Or issues? Mm -hmm. Or is there an issue? Or is this just the first yeah. frustration being thrown out? And and sometimes I think it's hard for us as individuals to to really understand the difference between a frustration and emotion at this set point and uh or our reality as we experience it mm. like um yeah another That's question quite... is another question might be um do you believe we have to have mojo to be successful or to be effective is that yeah. actually true that if your mojo is gone that's a problem or in you you sound like it was the answer perhaps you gave yes my mojo comes and goes um yeah and i can't imagine any clinician that would um disagree with that and in those times where our mojo is is off on a holiday and, and we're a bit average for a while can can we be okay with that yeah 
Which is the of average physios and figures. And that's uh, the last part is actually how I interpreted it, like a motivation of feeling not necessarily successful in the clinic, but feeling on, on top of things and imbalance. So my answer to, to this post was like, yeah, many times. And I've been so lucky that uh, I've run a quite successful clinic. I have a very nice income, so I've been able to go on courses and do refueling mm. like uh get motivation or just anything to socialize and, and stuff it's quite uh, important to to have that balance so you're not trudging into whatever uh, everlasting circle and I, but but again i'm in i'm quite lucky being successful income wise and and uh being my own boss so i don't so I can do it whenever I want. But like working in the NHS so, or another system, you can't spend that much money and going away mm -hmm. for four days whenever you want. So it's a different scenario. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you've got to be really careful about, particularly in, in you know the coaching sphere and the well-being sphere. I've talked about this loads on other podcasts, but it's so easy to make the problem you know, when there are undeniable systemic problems in an organization how easy is it then to throw that back on the individual and say well if you just looked after yourself better you'd be okay yeah. um i mean there's there's the other side that if collectively we decide to acknowledge our well-being better then you create this kind of ripple effect and um greater greater robustness in terms of speaking up and calling things out and not making not being unwilling to accept or take on that it's you um and actually yeah. speaking and calling things yeah. um, you're talking about creating a collective consciousness uh yes. sort of thing uh, yeah reports you, you heard about that study uh in japan or about no. that? uh where that the term collective consciousness come from so they uh if i remember this correctly they did they took 100 monkeys put them on an island and then dropped uh, sweet potatoes in the forest line and the monkeys ate it and then they start dropping sweet potatoes in the sand by the sea so it would get mm -hmm. all, all sandy and stuff so the monkeys wouldn't eat it so they took a couple of monkeys off the island taught them to wash potatoes clean in the sea and then took it back and every day those two would teach some other monkeys until the all hundred wow. knew, knew how to 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 wash the uh, the um, sweet potatoes that was dropped in the sand but remarkably they found that they had a control study on another island that had had no contact uh, with this island and what they saw was that that island, the monkeys on that island as well, started to wash their sweet potatoes when dropped in sand. Mm. So quite, this is an oversimplification, but in fact, they're talking about a collective consciousness that mm. if enough people do a little step every day, and one, yeah, just one every day, that there comes to a tipping point where it's a part of a, a changed collective consciousness. And that's uh, what you're talking about, you know, re restructuring, reframing the yes. uh, the well-being. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like a sort of... 
Yeah. It's a rumble, isn't it? You're trying to turn into a roar. Um, and if you have enough mm. people being able to retain the belief that they are fundamentally worthy and good enough, but they're they're in a difficult system, um, but being willing to stand up and call that for what it is um, and being sure enough of their own worth to to keep saying, no, I will accept so much, but I will still keep looking after myself and I will still keep speaking about what isn't great, um, then that rumble gets louder. Um, yeah. The other thing I keep, that keeps coming into my mind, Martin, as I see you sitting there in front of your wonderful beer-making equipment, yeah. is that I think as clinicians we have a tendency to to look for a disproportionate amount of our self-worth through our identity as a clinician. Um, yeah. And... You know, maybe going back to this conversation about when your mojo is gone, if if your mojo at work is gone, can you get it elsewhere? You know, that's what I mean about, you know, can you mm. perhaps on the days where you're not feeling the best clinician in the world, but you're an absolutely awesome beer maker? Um, you know, there we we're a bit binary sometimes, aren't we, in our um yeah. where we, we where we gain our self-worth from. Yeah. I had a whole identity, yes. Yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah. The we are more than just physios. Yeah, Racing or a lot Exactly, that was good. Okay, now on to something I really want to ask you, and uh, because this is this is my biggest interest in everything is: Do you have you experienced blowbacks to coaching sessions? Have I experienced what? Blow, blowbacks, failures, blowbacks. Just have you experienced that? Yeah. In coaching sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Irritating coaching question. What do you, what's in your mind as a, what would constitute a <laughs> Okay. So um, people uh, getting angry, feeling more anxious uh, because we know from, from some, psych studies that well cognitive therapy is, is quite acknowledged as good but we know there are certain people that we get it will get worse from mm. psychotherapy from from talking session from cognitive rehabilitations have you ever experienced that kind of of you know this is not going where it was mm. supposed to go yeah. Yes. And on many different levels. Um, so everything from someone getting a little bit um, ruffled in a session um, and us having to work through that in the session to, yeah, having strong reactions um, outside of the session. And, you know, those ones in the early days of coaching, the physio part of me would kick in very quickly and want to rush in and rescue that situation. Um, yeah. I'm going to tread very carefully here because um, I'll try and cover all bases because this is there's potential landmines in this conversation. Um, yeah, one one thing I've learned is to trust that just because there is one of those reactions, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is at risk, in danger. It, it may just be the process that they have to go through and I have to deal with my feelings long enough to let that take place. 
And that's a difficult call yeah. because when yeah. you're inexperienced and you're learning yourself, you can make the wrong call um, because the other end of that is that you, as a as someone delivering a talking therapy, quite possibly have tapped into an old trauma um, which yeah. has been triggered and released. And you know, it's you're absolutely right to bring it up. And I know you did it in a slightly jerky way, but I also know you well enough to know that you, you know there's some seriousness behind it. I think we can we can get into things like coaching, which at the end of the day is not a massively regulated industry with with a poor understanding of the responsibility that, that goes with asking people to talk and unpick things. Um, and, you know, the short answer to your question is yes. As a physio, I've made mistakes. As a coach, I've made mistakes. Nothing, touch wood, hopefully catastrophic. But um, I've made... I made enough to be much more astute when I first talked to people at trying to make good decisions about who is ready and appropriate for coaching and who actually needs something else. And also accepting that I might get that first call wrong and I might need to readjust or um, reevaluate through coaching you know, if it becomes apparent that actually this isn't appropriate. Um, so that's kind of the heavy end of it. And I've really brought this conversation down with that explanation. But if we go back to the, the other end of the spectrum where yeah. someone gets a bit shirty in a session, that's often that's where they need to be. Um, what I need to do yeah, is okay. re recognize they're not angry with me. Um, they're angry because something has come up which has triggered anger and that may be a very healthy thing, you know, and maybe yeah. something that they should have got angry about a long time ago and they haven't been given the space and the freedom and the acceptance of their anger. So, yeah. um, yes, sometimes it's a very healthy thing. Sometimes it's something I need to be very aware of and handle very carefully. But, um, yeah, I, I am a bit like, you know, we say with physio, I'm increasingly humble and aware of the responsibility you carry when you when you enter into this kind of approach with people yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i understand and it's, it's quite a good good tip there for for you know just uh, for every clinician that recognizing that it's probably not directed it's it is directed at you but it's not for you that yeah. anger and that reaction that, and just let it happen. And uh, also find that quite recognize that situation and the way I usually deal with it is, you know, nodding and allowing and letting that anger keep, just flare itself out in sort of a way. Mm -hmm. Like when mm -hmm. we all get, all got that patient coming in and, and you ask, yeah, tell me what's going on. And they, you, nearly shout at you you should know it should be in your papers already and mm. and go on and go on and and or, or yelling at that stupid surgeon for not being able to fix them and going to the mm. me as a physio and and uh my response is all is also yeah it's that's terrible being there that's that's uh frustrating and everything but let's just check out the boxes and try to figure this out how we can get you in a pos position where the surgeon will hear you right mm -hmm. so letting that anger just flare 
out on its yeah, own rather it than trying to, you know, put it out. Yeah, exactly. And and in, in trying to fix too quickly, you're almost invalidating the anger, aren't you? And saying, oh, I yeah. can't handle this. Um, and, you know, they probably have very few areas where their anger is acceptable. Um, I heard of, or they yeah. might do, I, I was um, recommended a podcast by a good friend this week and um, the people on the podcast were talking about anger and, and created a lovely metaphor as anger is often your internal guard dog that is there to protect you. Um, and it may be overdoing the job, but it's basically saying, I'm going to gnash and bear my teeth at this person or this situation and I'm going to keep doing that until I know that you're safe. Um, so, you know, you can tell yeah. me that you're safe and everything's okay, but I, until I genuinely trust that, I'm going to keep baring my teeth. And it's a, it's a healthy, protective process. Um, and if you just, you know, try and pat that guard dog or uh, push it away, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back. It, it's not going to calm down until it feels that the, the being that it's protecting is safe. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good metaphor, actually. Yeah. Mm. What podcast was that? It was a, um, the Glennon Doyle podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. It was the latest episode of it. Okay, Glennon Doyle, We Can Do Hard Things, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Thank you. Have you ever heard that uh, you are not so smart? No. That's a good good podcast. Quite long episodes, though, but that's a, a psychiatrist, I think. Who, talks a lot about, you are not so smart. You're not so smart. Yeah. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, everything. That's a quite uh, interesting podcast with a lot of different episodes. And, uh, yeah. But it's it's quite long, you know, two hours episodes or something like that. So, uh, yeah. Long journey. That's a more hard journey podcast. Yeah. It is. It is. Oh, yeah. Talking about car journeys, I'm soon must begin to uh, move everything from my house and uh, drive it mm. up to Buda, which is a six-hour drive. Just up the road. Extra. Yeah, just uh, afternoon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, maybe, maybe this could be a, a, a good place to 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 end it today because, it, uh, yeah, we've been through a good couple of, of themes. We've been down some uh, ravines, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have. And in danger of because this is a, a sort of of, of talk and and, and um, topic that you could talk about for hours, couldn't you? Because there's always mm. something new or a different perspective or something that changes, makes us change lanes and into something else. But yeah. I, I really enjoyed our going through this. But um, but uh. Just you can ask me one of those question. horrible end of podcast questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really this is, <laughs> throws your, me. <laughs> this is your mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just one last tough question and you can answer it uh, however you want. But I know I get tired and fed up uh, emotionally and empathically and you as a coach do you ever get to that point where you come home to your house and just 
open a bottle of wine and just if I have to listen to another freaking obvious problem again today, I'm gonna <laughs> kill something. Or are you just the beautiful Joe Turner 24-7, the ever listening, <laughs> the most empathic person on earth? Um, do you know that I get asked that question almost at the end of every podcast? Um, you do? Summit. God damn it! <laughs> You're not original, Martin. Train. No. Um, oh, so, try harder. I'm shit. Sorry. No, both two answers yes and no. So let me answer the first bit. Do I come away from coaching exhausted, needing a bottle of wine, and fed up of listening to obvious problems? Genuinely, no, never um, with coaching. And I would say that what we've been talking about today is the reason that it's so much easier to sit back and give yourself and the other person time and to have no expectation or benchmark for success um, at the end of a session. So it's going to sound so Pollyanna, but I, I really love coaching. I really love the conversations. I love the 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 uncertainty and the unknown um, on both our sides and it doesn't drain my energy um, in the way that other work things often do um, am I always lovely sympathetic empathetic Joe Turner no that's the bit I always try and dispel the myth of I am a human being who um, gets sad gets angry um, says things I regret um isn't the perfect clinician, boss, friend, wife, mum. And I would hate, absolutely hate anybody to think that that's who I am or that's who I want to be seen as. I would I would love to be seen as someone who is able to be a safe space for people and is safe because they are disastrously human <laughs> or marvellously human. Yeah. <laughs> and let's and let's not forget that you did kill your kids' fish. Yes, exactly. If there yeah, were yeah. ever a better illustration that I'm actually a malevolent, um, evil James yeah. Bond villain, there it is. Yeah, that's just. Uh, so you hate all fish. That's that's the. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> it, it was a mercy killing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, some mercy killing. Oh yeah, I mean, that was maybe that was what we would should have discussed: mercy killings and uh, assisted okay. suicide. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But please please don't pin topic. that on me, people. Don't pin the perfect yeah. um, thing on me, people. <laughs> I am massively. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been a. Beautiful having you on, and uh, I think we, yeah, I got to talk about a few interesting points. I think it's been great. And, uh, Thank you, Martin. Yeah, and uh, I'm so sorry again that uh, uh, yet another episode has become more towards something genuinely interesting, and maybe you could learn from Joe, but this is <laughs> Joe's fault and not mine. I have tried to make her admit her mistakes, but she doesn't do many ones. So I'm I'll so sorry for those who are listening. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're just you're just better. <laughs> but uh, but uh, again, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, I will continue my coaching lessons with you because I've enjoyed them, even if they are hard work. But I find that uh, yeah, they are good. My mind, right. my brain has to work sometimes, right? Absolutely. So I usually switch. Yeah, I usually switch it off when I'm in clinic, anyways. <laughs> but that's good. that's good. But if you haven't uh, been aware of Joe until now, you can find it both on Twitter and Mehab is on Facebook. And uh, your twit- Joe's Twitter handle is Mehab underscore Joe. Mehab underscore Joe. Yeah, the Mehab is the, the company. So the website is www.mehab.co.uk and the Facebook group is Mehub. Um, so yeah, Mehub. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, sorry. Sorry about that. But, uh, but if you feel that uh, you could be, uh, yeah, have some benefit of talking with Joe, you could reach out to her and I would hugely recommend you do so. If you're feeling over, overwhelmed, it has certainly been a good experience for me. And uh, but I swear, she even if she tries to make you a better human, you can resist. Just, uh, <laughs> it's hard work to resist, but you you can. But but again, <laughs> thanks you for listening to this episode with me uh, and Joe. My name is, I always forget to say my name on the podcast. We introduced the podcast. This is the Friday Physical Confession podcast. And I never say with me, your host, Martin Christensen. I never thought you were going to say, I always forget my name. <laughs> yeah, but I can, say, uh, my, I can take you my whole name. Okay, so this has been uh, the Friday Physical Confession podcast with me, your host, Martin Nikolai Arnulfsson Christensen. And with me i had the pleasure of having joe turner on as a guest that was good that was great and i'm sorry i don't have more middle names but that was impressive yeah 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 thank you Martin. yeah thank you for coming on joe and uh i'll talk to you another day won't i in a few weeks see you soon yeah see you soon